Hi, and welcome to Film Trooper... <laughs> That's one way to start off. Hi, and welcome to Film Trooper Presents Film Marketing Fridays. I'm your host, Scott McMahon, and today is June 20th, 2014. And um, I'll switch back over here to my mug. I think that's where we go. Everyone, I don't know if, if anybody's out there. You can use the Q&A um, section of the um, Hangout. I didn't really promote this Hangout too well, so I doubt there's anybody out there. So, But you can watch this as a recording later. Um, this will be a real quick one. Uh, last uh, time we did this, I went over sort of the sales sheet um, where online entrepreneurs and marketers talk about the importance of uh, understanding your sales sheet, what your sh sales sheet would be. And so that would make, uh, for independent filmmakers, um, that would make our movie poster sort of our sales sheet. So what's the next step after that? And, the, and uh, so that's what I want to get into about the pitch and tagline, logline, synopsis, um, just sort of give a, a quick overview. Um, and I will jump into the screen share. And um, yeah, we'll go over that. Okay. So your pitch, so this is the next stage of this, the selling and marketing. Like I, like I said last time, last uh, um, episode, I talked about Dan Sullivan emphasizing the sales sheet. And Dan Sullivan is a very now uh, entrepreneur business coach. He works with a lot of a lot of wealthy people, and he's really good at um, just having a unique way of uh, looking at things. Um, definitely from an entrepreneurial business person's side, but uh, a lot of good information comes from him. Anyhow, so our sales sheet would be the movie poster, and then my suggestion would be like have a copy of your poster when you create it on your phone. And again, your poster can be created prior to writing the script or at least just having an outline. And um, so it would be kind of cool just to have the poster on your phone. I mean, we, we should have photos all over the place. It would just be nice to be able to pull up, you know, a picture on your phone or your iPad um, or whatever. And if you're, you know, at a social gathering, have an opportunity to share that. So... Uh, let's get on with your pitch because you might have a poster and that might help to sort of very quickly sell your idea but if people want to hear more about it or you're not, you don't have your poster yet, how do you do it when you're in person verbally? And this would be the equivalent of if you had an opportunity to make a pitch uh, of your movie in the old Hollywood tradition in the, in the studio system and whatnot. But just to think of this as a method that you could be used anywhere. You don't have to live in Hollywood. Just as, just at parties and meetings, uh, the training, uh, um, uh, narrowing down what your sales sheet is, what your your, your sales pitch is, is very important. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be on film, but that's what we're here for. So your film. So let's see here. What did I write? I don't even know. Oh, here's some great references um, to honing in your pitch and. And creating your proper uh, logline, tagline, and your synopsis, and so on. So, there's a book out there called Good in a Room by Stephanie Palmer. Stephanie Palmer is a former um, um, studio executive um, who has read and sat through, I think, like over 3,000 pitches or something like that. So, she's very well astute and in tune to what um, 
what needs to be done or what's successful or what isn't successful when you're pitching in a room. And she saw that as a, uh, an opportunity to expand outside of just the Hollywood um, studio system. And now she's teaching her, her process to uh, other entrepreneurs as well. So I hope to have Stephanie one day on the podcast. Um, it's a really good book. Um, really impressed with what she's done in the last four years with her business. And you can find her book at this link, and all these slides and so on will be available after this live hangout is finished and when it's posted on filmtrooper.com. Anyhow, so you can check out her book there. There's also Selling Your Story in 60 Seconds by Michael Haig. I hope I pronounced that last name correctly. It's a really good, quick book, but it gets your head wrapped around the need to be succinct and simple and just get to the core of your story. And it's a fun read, very short. Again, here's a link um, to that book um, if you're interested. Then there's Save the Cat Strikes Back. This is the third book of Blake Snyder's uh, Save the Cat franchise. And, you know, um, rest in peace, Blake Snyder, I think, passed away a few years ago. But I really am a fan, and, and those who get it, uh, those who appreciate what uh, Blake has done in the screenwriting um, world in terms of his books um, are really, really helpful. But Save the Cat has some interesting, uh, Save the Cat Strikes Back has some interesting um, examples and techniques that I'll show later um, for building your tagline and your logline and your pitch. So um, here we go. And, and there's a link to find that book as well. And then pitch, Pitching Anything by Oren Clough. Probably didn't pronounce that last name right correctly either. So, pitching anything is really specifically built for um, pitching ideas to the Silicon Valley world or like major startups, like like really getting big money behind you. And um, his book and his method has proven exceptionally well in uh, like the Silicon Valley of uh, tech startups and so on. And um, and a lot of his clients are doing very well of, of securing the funding needed when they're going to investment. But it's a good thing to read in terms of just in general understanding the whole art and craft of pitching. And again, that's his, um, his link here to that book. And I have to make a disclaimer that um, all these links are affiliate links, meaning that um, like you buy any one of these books to this link, uh, Amazon gives me like I think like five cents or something. Anyway, so there's the disclaimer. Okay, so what makes a good pitch? Let's see here. Let's go to the right. There's the writing part of it, and then there's the in-person presentation part of it. And so we'll start with your movie title because this is what we're going to be writing. And according to uh, you know Stephanie Palmer, she really um, sees working your title as a major part of your pitch and being so that you have a working title and then eventually as your project evolves and takes time and, and res respecting the creative process that your movie title will change. But what makes a good title is like, well, number one, does it inform your audience, the audience of the genre? Like does your title, um, for instance, you know, um, dude, where's my car? that title, that film, I think kind of sums it up. Dude, Where's My Car? You automatically know it's not, it doesn't sound like a very serious movie. Thus, it communicates the genre correctly. It's a, uh, a comedy um, with dudes in it, and that's pretty much um, all you need to know. Um, 
whereas uh you know something like oh, I don't know well the movie like Poltergeist or something Poltergeist is a very specific uh, paranormal uh, horror style uh, definition and thus the the name Poltergeist very simple sums up okay we're getting into the um, supernatural uh, thriller genre okay so then does your title evoke any imagery uh, the, the two silly examples I, I brought up believe me I didn't really prepare this that well and I just kind of pull it out of my um, you know to uh, share with you guys but the goal is if you can come up with a great title that one informs your audience of the genre and two it evokes some sort of imagery some sort of fascination uh, that would be fantastic you can, if you can come up with a title like that and does it fit the tone of the movie um, I know that Stephanie Palmer uses her example in her book uh, Good in a Room she talked about the film uh, Cinderella Man with uh, Russell Crowe directed by um, Ron Howard um, you know, it was a, it was like this, you know, David and Goliath sort of story, Rocky's type story about this one man, a boxer, you know, that uh, against all odds, you know, um, having that Cinderella story as we are referred to it in sports. However, in general, it sort of came off counterintuitive. It, it maybe uh, it didn't resonate um, the right tone. Cinderella man could easily been a movie where the gender roles have switched and the story of Cinderella could have been about a man instead of a, a, a girl. So those types of things she was pointing out that does the tone of your, t you know, does the title fit the tone of your movie? And again, none of this is easy. I mean, it's no way is it easy because every story is different, but you just have to like at least keep that in the back of your mind. Like don't get settled in with a title like your title can evolve as your project evolves bef before you finally release it out to the world um, what not I mean I think this legendary story of um, you know um, Return of the Jedi the Star Wars series was originally called Revenge of the Jedi for so long so long until the very last end where up to the last minute where George Lucas realized that his lore of the Jedi that, that their code of conduct would never seek out revenge and so it would just have to be called Return of the Jedi uh, a much more much more peaceful sort of Zen like um, alignment to what his uh, his lore was in his films so something to think about okay so logline versus tagline um, so a logline is sort of your short one or two sentence description of your movie this is really the art form, I think, was perfected in the TV Guide. Those who you are old enough to remember TV Guides, um, <laughs> those of you younger may not have any idea what the hell TV Guide was. But long ago, before the internet, before the newspaper, uh, you know, really long, <laughs> yeah, way before the internet was so prominent, um, you would go into the uh, the shopping market, and right before you checked out, there was this little um, thick magazine. Uh, called TV Guide, and you would open it up, and it would have your weekly um, shows uh, listed of when, what's, what station they were going to be showing, what time, and they would have to give a, uh, a very, very short description of what the the show was about or what the movie was about. And so, um, anybody who is a copywriter of TV Guide would probably be an expert at log lines. So your log line is going to be a one to two sentence short, you know, short description of your entire movie. Um, now, a tagline is considered the marketing sentence on a poster. 
Uh, the famous one from Alien, uh, Ridley Scott's movie in 1978, 79, I can't remember, was, um, I, I think there was a whole lore about like whoever was creating um, the marketing campaign or the posters for Alien that uh, one of the person's wife, his wife had mentioned something, and that became the tagline for the movie called um, In Space, Nobody Can Hear You Scream. That was, obviously that's more of a tagline, a marketing hook, than a log line, which would be a one to two sentence description, uh, you know, communicating the genre, communicating the protagonist, um, the prota protagonist's desire, and the the antagonist and sort of the antagonist, uh, the antagonist's, um, you know, mission or desire. So you know, all summed up. So obviously, the marketing sentence or tagline is different than the log line. All right, and. I had provided this link from uh, Raindance. Raindance does a really great job of having some uh, blogs that are very helpful for filmmakers. If you haven't checked out uh, raindance.org, but I'll leave this um, link uh, with you because we can go over there a little bit um, right now, kind of give show you an idea. Uh, let's see here. Might not chat. Sorry. Going back to me again. Um, let me pull this puppy up real quick. All right. So many little things. Hey, yeah, so if anybody's out there um, and you see the Q&A, just go ahead and shoot me a question. I should be able to see it. Uh, let's see here. We're going to go and take a look at this link I was talking about. Okay, yeah, let's do this. All right, cool. All right. I hope. Wait a minute. <laughs> I don't know when when I do these things. I gotta double check. Okay. Okay. So that's working. So you should be able to see this. Whatever I'm doing. There we go. It's working. All right. So Rain Nance, This is the link you can check out. They wrote a blog. Um, Ten tips for writing log lines. And I should be um, honoring the author of it, James Burbage. I think I read that correctly. So if you want to check it out, um, like anybody who reads blogs, sometimes you just sort of scroll down to, especially if they give you like, hey, 10 tips, you just really quickly just scroll down to like, oh, let's see what the 10 tips are. Uh, a log line must have the following. The protagonist has to be described in it, in their sentence, uh, their goal, and then the antagonist or antagonistic force. Um, number two, you don't use the character's name. So you would never say like you know um, I think right here they're talking about the sous chef or the ex superhero so you wouldn't use like a proper noun such as like Superman or Clark Kent or something like that you would say a superhero or a super being or something like that so it has to be very much more generic uh, use an adjective to give a little depth to that character you know um, there you go a mute sous chef an alcoholic ex superhero very clever. Clearly and quickly present the protagonist's main goal. A mute sous chef wants to win the position of head chef at her boss's new restaurant. Pretty simple. An ex, I mean, an alcoholic ex-superhero searches for his daughter. Okay. Describe the antagonist. Okay, so here we go. A mute sous chef wants... What? This is me terribly reading something. A mute sous chef wants... Wants must fight? I think he... We'll switch that out. A, a mute sous chef 
must fight off an ambitious rival to win the position of head chef at her boss's new restaurant. There you go. I think there's a little typo there. An alcoholic ex-superhero searches for his daughter after she is kidnapped by his dementing, jealous former sidekick. Well, there you go. That sounds a little bit more of a, of a comedy, you know? So you're beginning to see the genres uh, kind of coming, you know, coming out of this. Um, make sure your protagonist is proactive. There you go. Um, if you can, include stakes or a ticking time bomb, for instance. To save his reputation, a secretly gay frat boy must sleep with 15 women by the end of semester. Uh, by the end of semester part at party. Whatever that means. I think, again, we can rework these sentences up here. Um, and number eight, the setup. So, inner world where children are grown in vats. Okay, that's disturbing. Driven to a mental breakdown by an accident at work, an aquarium manager. So these are just helpful things. And about the ending, um, usually I don't think in a log line you give away the ending. In a synopsis, sometimes you do. Uh, don't, tell the, don't tell the story, sell the story. So there you go. So again, you can check this out, um, this link here, and I will switch back to my, where am I going? Well, oh, shoot. I always hit the wrong one. Okay. We go back to my little presentation. So with that said, oh, wait, that's not what I wanted. Is that what I wanted? Maybe it is what I wanted. Sorry. I don't even know what I'm doing. Okay, we'll talk about the synopsis. So we kind of went over the difference between a tagline and a logline. Tagline is for marketing, for the poster, what your sentence or your short phrase is going to be used for your poster. And a logline is basically you're working for TV Guide. And those of you who are too young to understand what TV Guide is, it's simply one to two sentences that describe the essence of your story. You have your protagonist, their, your protagonist's goals and the antagonist or antagonistic force that prevents them from, um, you know, reaching those goals. So what is a synopsis? First of all, how do you pronounce synopsis? Because I probably just didn't do that correctly. <laughs> synopsis. <laughs> okay, so what is a synopsis? Um, this is essentially like a one sheet or a very um, a one paragraph summary of your entire story of your entire movie. And um, this link too, you can check it out. Um, this is, uh, I'll, I'll go over here and you can take a look at this link as we go. Um, from Publishing Crawl. Oh, see. I'm back. Publishing Crawl. So we'll take a look at this. So this link from uh, publishingcrawl.com is how to write a one-page synopsis. And this is, was mainly for those who are writing novels. But the same uh, rules apply um, for your script or your movie. And so as you scroll down here, again, this is great. This is funny. Um, she draws a lot of the same things, I think, from um, um, Blake Snyder's Save the Cat. She talks about this opening image. That's something that uh, Blake Snyder writes in her, his book, Save the Cat. Um, this is sort of the outline of things that need to be included in your synopsis, um, and this is sort of just a very linear outline of the um, the basic story setup. Everything that's been taught since uh, you know Joseph Campbell of a hero with a thousand faces has described, um, you know Robert McKee's story, um, Chris Vogler's um, a writer's journey, 
um, and obviously one of my favorites, uh, Blake Snyder, Save the Cat. Uh, and there's a, there's a couple of others that are out there, but they're all sort of, you know, the same rules. And she, and this is what she kind of puts together here in her blog post. You know, number one, your story is going to have an opening image. Number two, you have to have the protagonist intro. Number three, you have the inciting incident. This is sort of mentioned in um, Robert McKee's book. And then you have four, a plot point, number one. Number five, conflicts and characters and encounters. Number six, there's a midpoint. And then number seven, the winning seems imminent, but it always turns dark. Something always happens. And that's eight, your black moment. Or as Blake Snyder calls it, the dark night of your soul. And that sets up your climax. And then you have your denouement slash resolution and then your final image. So that sort of sums up your whole story and you could do the same thing in your synopsis. Um, so I have that link to take a look at, and I'm back here, and let's see here. This is where I wanted to go. Screen share this, and then in the book Save the Cat Strikes Back, um, we're going to get into the, his example. I really love what uh, Blake Snyder did with his example. So let's take a look at that. So when you're writing your synopsis, you can use this as a template. You can use what he has written here, and that is, on the verge of a stasis equals the death moment, a flawed protagonist has a catalyst and breaks into two with the B story, but when the midpoint happens, he, she must learn the theme stated before all is lost to defeat or stop the flawed antagonist from getting away with his, her plan. So you can kind of take a look at that. Again, you can um, you can get get his book, the Save the Cat Strikes Back, or you know you can just grab this slide here I, I put together. But I'll show you exactly how I use this for my film, The Cube. I mean, I almost I literally just like grabbed this template and said, "Oh, okay." So I'll just plug in my stuff in there and see if it works. So um, let's go back right here real quick. All right, back to screen share, and back to screen. It's funny because the screen share, I can't switch. Okay, here we go. Come on. All right, so here we are with the, uh, the cube, my my film. I'm going to show you how I use uh, Blake Snyder's technique. I'll go ahead and zoom in to this puppy here. So this is the the front page of from Vimeo on Demand. Let me see what this looks like on Google Hangout. Okay, that works. So I'll scroll up here. So really, I wrote in here, here's a synopsis. <laughs> this is funny. I used his template, and this is exactly... Oh, sweet, get out of here. Um, this is exactly what I wrote. On the verge of financial hardship, a married couple receives a mysterious red cube at their doorstep. But when the cube causes a strange disturbance, the couple throws it away only to have another one arrive at the door, then another, then another. One by one, each cube escalates, I can't <laughs> escalates the tension between the couple, spiraling them toward a supernatural encounter where they must learn to let go and face their fears. Pretty simple, but, you know, if I go back to um, Snyder's uh, great template, it, it worked. I don't know. Well, put it this way, what I had before didn't work. My own version of a synopsis uh, really sucked. So 
thank God, um, you know, this template was available to help me craft my uh, synopsis better. And then now, um, now for a log line, you know, I, you know, I was just using something like, um, look at me, I, I'm a terrible. If I was in the elevator, the worst pitch ever. It would just simply be like, well, what's the movie The Cube about? I would have to say, if I follow sort of the the parameters that Stephanie um, Palmer has talked about, the number one thing you want to do when you're in a room is at least let them know what the genre is. So I would say, The Cube is a supernatural suspense movie. It's about a mysterious red cube that arrives at a couple's front door, and when they open it, they don't think anything of it until something disturbing happens in their house with it, and they throw it away, only to have another one come back and another one come back. And that's pretty much it. I think that's about one or two sentences, and that would be my log line. Uh, the synopsis gives you a little bit more, because it does give you sort of the beginning, middle, and end, and it, um, it allows you to expand on that. Because if somebody's interested in your poster, oh, that's cool, and you tell them your log line, and they say, oh, that's cool, and they want to know more, you can at least have your synopsis ready. And this is as good practice to have so that you're not hemming and hawing, uh, hawing um, and trying to stammering your way through what your story's about. Because, you know, when somebody says they're making a movie, the best, you know, the, the next thing that happens is like, whoa, well, what is it about? This is your golden opportunity no matter where you're at, uh, Starbucks, you know, um, on the bus or something, or just at a party. You know, you, you want to respect the person's time and and not, you know, sit there and go, oh, it's a cross between, you know, I don't know, like 2001 and Anchorman. You know, that kind of thing, like, it, you know, that kind of combination of things sometimes doesn't work out right away. But if you can be much more succinct in your presentation and go, well, hey, check this out. I've got a picture, um, you know, on my phone. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I don't know what happened. So if you had your phone... You can just simply show, like, well, hey, check it out. There's the poster. And they take a look at it. They might see your tagline. Um, you know, if you follow the rules of the last film marketing days we did in terms of trying to make sure that your poster is uh, solid and doesn't look cheap, um, you might, you know, it should be okay. And then, um, yeah, then you can go right into your log line and just sort of don't say much. Like, you say your one or two sentences and... Um, don't say much and see if they prod to want to know more. If they want to know more, then you go right into your synopsis. And then there and then there you can have your conversation or whatever it is you, you wanted to do. But it's good practice. It's uh, um it's an effective way to sort of keep your uh, focus on what the actual sales sheet is. Now this is amazing because you can actually put all this stuff together without actually having a finished script. You can just have your outline created and uh, you can have your poster created um, because you're beginning to, it helps sort of focus uh, your attention on exactly sort of what product you have in terms of like, okay, cool, we have a visual image of what the poster could be, um, we have a, a good log line, a good, you know, synopsis, we got a great tagline, we have all these elements, a great title, so then it puts, um, I call it onus on you to come up with a a really good movie to fulfill all those things that you promised in your poster, all those things he promised in your tagline, all those things he promised in your logline, all those things you promised in your synopsis. You know, because if you have made those interesting enough, then you're then it's your responsibility to the audience, to this 
these other elements you created to make the best movie you can to fit that genre. Because if you put, um, you know, we've seen too many trailers before where they sell us on one sort of concept of what the movie is going to be like, and you go see it, and it's nothing like it. Like they might show all the funny bits of this very uh, heavy drama, so when you go see the movie, it's a total downer. Like maybe half the people die, or it's like somebody dies of cancer, and there might have been one or two funny moments in the film. That's that's what they sold to us. And then you go in there with uh, false impressions, and um, yeah, that could hurt the experience. So it's definitely respecting the audience and respecting them enough to know when to um, deliver the truth. And if you can set these things up in such a way, um, you know, holds you accountable to to try to make the that movie that you promised. But the cool thing about it, like anything business-wise too, um, you know, they talk about. Um, in the book, The Lean Startup, and creating the minimal minimum viable product is just enough to get something out there to get feedback, and then making the decision to pivot, to change course if necessary. Well, the latitude has to be extended to movies as well. So you might have a poster, you might have a, a title, you might have a, a tagline, logline, synopsis, and the feedback is not working, you know, but then you change course. Um, and that'd be great because you haven't really spent any money. You just sort of created these um, minimal viable, these MVPs, minimum viable products, these elements to get feedback, and then you can change course. You can pivot to then rechange the story, and next thing you know, you have a different title, you have a different you know poster, you have a different you know synopsis, all that kind of stuff. I'm currently working on this film, uh, The Latchkey, and I had a you know simple idea in the first draft I sent out. I got some. I got some good feedback from people, some very good professional feedback, and it helped me um, steer to another direction. So it's like I have to go back to the drawing board where I was hoping to film it sooner. Um, I'm going to have to just be realistic and say, you know what, the script and story is not ready yet, so I've got to go back and try to make it better to live up to what I'm building up, trying to build up to the title, build up to the poster design I scribbled out, and try to develop my tagline, logline, and synopsis better. Um, so that's just sort of the process I think all of us go through in terms of developing our project. But if we can kind of keep it sort of reverse engineer it from eventually what people are going to see or their first impression of our movie might be the poster and then backtrack it from there and what would be the tagline, logline, and synopsis, you know, as long as everything is um, in line with each other, um, then we should have, I don't know, I don't know what we should have. We should, we should hopefully have success with it. But... I'm looking at the time. I really just want to keep this close to a half hour. And those of you who saw this live, I don't think many of you did because I didn't promote this well at all. Um, but those of you who got a chance to watch it later, I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I can't believe it's um, almost the end of June. Good God. What the hell? <laughs> so like always, um, I always like to wrap these up with uh, those who are new, who haven't seen this. Oh, wait. Look at me. I can't even function this thing. Um, like I said, you know, I always end it with don't go away empty-handed. You could uh, get yourself a free equipment list guide of everything that I use to make uh, the film The Crew. Um, the Crew. The film The Cube. And that was made for $500 with uh, no crew. And you can get that at freegearguide.com. Again, that's freegearguide.com. And this um, slide presentation and all the links that are involved with it will be available at filmtrooper.com. I think it's going to be forward slash 35 because this will be um, blog post, podcast post 35. And so 
you know, you can't get it right now because it's still live, but once it, I finish and I do all the, the who dad on it, um, it will be available. So thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in. And again, if you have any questions, just find me. Just find me at filmtrooper.com. And um, I leave you now with this wonderful image. All right, guys, thank you so much. Come find me. Let me see if I can help you.